Welcome to the 12th episode of the Squadron's Pirate Radio podcast. I'm your co-host, Michaela Sani, along with General Manager Scott King. And joining us today is our Vice Commodore of Sail Training, Jane Gillis. Jane, welcome to the show. Thanks, Michaela. Thanks, Scott, for having me. Absolute pleasure, Jane. It's great to have you on the program. A huge amount to talk about. Um, but let's talk about you for, for a while. Um, talk about your, uh, your early days, your childhood. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Cape Breton. And, uh, That's what it not- is. I knew there was something. I, was just, I said the same thing to Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Corey says I grew up in Newfoundland. I'm like, that's what it is. You're a Ex- caper. Exactly. At the, I grew up uh, hanging out on the breakwater at the Northern Yacht Club, actually, in North Sydney. And um, Northern Snow is not shy to sailboat racing. It had the World Snipes, um, I believe, in 77. And um, lots of great racers um, came out of the Northern Yacht Club, including our very own Jack Gogan, who's uh, been on our race team in recent years. So, um, yeah, so I grew up in Cape Breton in North Sydney and uh, and my dad uh, decided to get into sailing right around the same time I was born. And uh, it's kind of funny. Um, our first boat was actually called the Janie. It was a little P-23. Uh, he was a valley boy that uh, came to Cape Breton to work, and he got into sailing, and it just sort of grew from there. And did you take to the sport at an early age, Jane? Did you find a natural connection, or uh, did it take you a while? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I was on the boat a lot with my dad. Um, I didn't enroll in junior sailing programs, Uh my uh, older brother did. He raced in a, sailed around in a pram um, for a bit. But um, we started racing. Um, Dad upgraded his boat uh, to a, a payship uh, 32 that was built in Lunenburg. And um, we started racing in the Bedore Lakes. So my sailing days were comprised of some cruising and lots of really fun racing through the Bedores. So sailing out of Bedeck, um, East Bay, sailing down in Dundee. There was a, a circuit every year, including a race to and from the lakes. So lots of, uh, lots of fun and, and lots of racing too. It's been a common theme with guests on our show, Jane, that they were uh, bribed to get on board to uh, fall in love with sailing. Is that something that happened to you as a child as well? Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It it included, and I I look back and I laugh because it included, uh, you know, bags of chips bought at the bar at the Northern Yacht Club and a 40-ouncer filled up with Coke from the bartender and off we would go sailing. So that was enough to get me on board. Um, and the 40 ounces didn't have any liquor in it, by the way, it was just pure sugar and pop. Um, and <laughs> off we would go <laughs> for the day. Um, kind of. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, um, treats were, were generally the bribe. Um, and, uh, you know, that gets you on board and, and get you out there sailing. And then, once I was a teenager when we kind of got into racing and that alone, I mean, there was a whole group of people my age that would show up at these events. So that alone was enough to get me um, out and, and get me interested in, in the racing aspect of it. 
or talk us through that early racing experience. You know, what classes what did you did you find yourself working through? Just talk us through that progression. Well, there wasn't really classes at Cape Breton. It was handicap racing. So, you know, we had a handful of Tanzers and, and P20, you know, 23, 25-foot boats. And the bigger boats were usually the 30, 35. Um, my brother bought a 37R or no, 37 plus CNC and um, a couple other people in Cape Breton as well. So kind of topped it out there. And um, we just have really great, you know, a great fun racing. I was a bit young at the time. I, I do recall a lot of handicap um, and a lot of time in the protest room with my father, um, but always, uh, always fun on the race course, you know, spinnakers, um, you know, generally, uh, generally marks that were part of the Bedore Lake uh, navigational system. So, um, you know, I think some boats use the Loran Sea to their advantage. Um, and, and yeah, it was, a, it was a great community, one I really enjoyed growing up. What would the marks be? So um, Bedak raced off the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Bedak, but it's in and around a lighthouse and they always raced off their clubs. So their starts and their finishes would be in front of the club. Um, which, you know, the come from a ways would think that was rather interesting. But um, the deck had a whole race week filled with racing of, um, you know, the, the dinghies and large boats. And it um, there's two big trophies, the Hubbard Bell and the McCurdy Cup that were raced. And then you'd go out into the bay and you would, you like, they may drop a mark up by the Iona Bridge Um uh, but they were largely uh, um, navigational buoys, at least in the early days. Um, East Bay kind of developed right around the time. I, I can remember the first races in East Bay. It was called the Bacardi Cup. And Frank Elman actually was uh, really part of the organizing. And it later went to Robert Sampson. Um, and, and it was literally off their property where you would pull your bow up to a sandbar and it grew. I mean, we, I can remember boats coming from Halifax. In fact, one year we took our boat from Halifax and, and went down and raced in the, in the East Bay regatta. And that, that was a whole weekend event. And usually they were, they were weekend events where you go and you'd, you do two days of racing and, uh, and a couple nights of, um, hanging out on the beach. Jane, how did you arrive uh, at the squadron? Obviously, moved to Halifax first and foremost. Well, yeah, I, I did my university in Halifax, um, my undergrad, and I did some sailing at the squadron, actually, as pickup crew. So I met some people at that time, and, and some of the Halifax families, um, um, you know, uh, we had known through just connections with sailing and, and um in Cape Breton. So I did a little bit of pickup racing in university. Then I moved to British Columbia um, and didn't do too much sailing when I lived in BC because I was in the interior um, a little bit here and there. And then uh, my husband and I, we moved back to Halifax in 2000. Um, Mike was really interested in learning to sail and, and did some adult learn to sail courses and and had done a bit of dinghy sailing and we sort of got into it. Um, it was sort of a passion and we, we started by putting our kids in the program at the squadron. 
and uh, when they were small, we bought a boat. And while we haven't raced, um, gotten into the racing aspect of it, I think probably because we've been too busy with our kids chasing them in their racing, mm-hmm. um, we've really enjoyed it cruising and we've, we've connected in with the, the cruising group at the squadron a couple of times. Um, and we, you know, we just love the water and getting out on the water. You sort of have your have feet in both camps, Jane, don't you? Sort of a, a foot in the race race team camp and a foot in the cruising camp. Yeah, the, yes, I'm not in the boat, but I'm I, I'm the no. support. <laughs> yeah, your yeah. support crew. So talk 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 for those who don't know, what's life as a as a race well, team parent like? You know, like a lot of the activities we decided to enroll our children in. There was a method we put them in skiing so we could ski together as a family and they learned the skill. And likewise, we put them in sailing so that they would be a safe around the water, familiar with it, not afraid, know what to do, know how to respect the conditions and, you know, develop a lifelong skill for sailing. They got hooked. Um, essentially, they started as little uh, wet feet Um Judy Robson's uh, first program and Aaron Norwood was actually one of their first coaches. I have pictures of Aaron out in a, in a Zodiac with Madeline when she was about six years old. And so they were, wet feet was being developed when my, my girls were, I guess around five and seven. So that's sort of when they went into it. And then we just sort of, we had friends that in the neighborhood that were also sailing families and, you know, we ended up um, down at uh, down at Chester at an Opti Jam, and you know the kids out, you know, in the, with the masses of kids, and they just got their, you know, an exposure to it. And my kids are they love the social aspect, being around others. Um, you know, there was a bit of bribing to get them on the boat as well, I have to say, but we, we did some early <laughs> day cruising with them. now. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and some candy and, you know, packing up the whole doll suitcase to go cruising for a weekend and having it like Barbie Central down below was, uh, was quite common. So, um, but yeah, so anyway, really, they kind of just went up through the ranks of learn to sail. They started in learn to sail, had really good, um, you know, uh, role models, and were exposed to some really great opportunities. And honestly, Scott, I think what hooked my kids, and it was a bit of a hook for me too, I have to say, is um, Madeline started the race team, Elsie was still in learn to sail, and we ended up at the Royal St. Lawrence at a opti national event and she did really well and she won herself a berth on this international um opti north americans and i went as a chaperone and off we went to mexico to sail in this big regatta and she has never looked back because that's what really hooked her and for me as a parent it was great. I was meeting all kinds of great people. I've had really, you know, great opportunities to travel with the kids over the years. Um, it's a healthy sport. So every mom and dad, you know, would rather see their kid oh, doing something than in the mall. So, you know, <laughs> that was a real big sell on my end. I knew where they were every day. I, you know, now they're, they're 
17 and 19, they're independent. They trug down to the club on a regular basis and I know what they're doing and it's healthy. It's safe. It's, it's, it's just great. Yeah. So, I mean, my perspective as a parent, you know, playing the supportive role, but I've also met all kinds of really great people, um, great friends, um, have had, you know, some really great trips some lots of laughs with parents, um, along the way too. So, you know, it, it, it's been a good experience for sure. And Jane, as a parent of, um, of two, two sailors in the, in the race team, what would your best tip be to those learning about sailing as a sport for their kids? You know, how does it compare to um, other team sports? Well, I, I think that there's the team aspect of it for sure. Um, I, I think probably the biggest thing I would say if I was to give some advice was, and I'm not sure if this is a girl thing, um, but I do see it. Sometimes it, it's, there's less girls in the sailing racing environment than boys. So you have to sort of like, I'd love to see more girls get involved and encourage girls get involved because there's huge opportunities for, for, for girls in the sport. Um, I also think that sometimes there's a timidness around that age of seven to 10, where one foot's in the boat, one foot's on the dock. There's the look of fear over the face and like, you know, it's blowing three knots of wind. So, you know, it, it's getting them past. And, and I saw this with both of mine, there was this fearful component and then it, things clicked and, and probably it took, you know, tipping over a few times with really great supportive coaches out there on the water saying, you can do this. Um, you know, you got this, you're awesome. And really, I, I just think it just has built so much great character in the girls in their, you know, how they take things on in life. Like, I think their sport can be credited to a lot of their success, whether it be academic or, you know, they, they kind of, you know, meet their fears and go after it. And, and I, I think it's a great sport that way. I think, you know, people think sailing's a solo sport where you're off doing your own thing and, and um, not with a team. I argue that's, that's not in fact the case. There's a lot of, um, you know, while they're not encouraged to team race at a regatta, um, <laughs> there's lots of opportunity for camaraderie and, and partnership and, you know, um, mine have both um, at, at points, one's still double-handed. So there's that, you know, their team as a double-handed um, sailor, um, you know, just so many great skills that it, it teaches and, and, and opens up for, for the kids. It's obviously one of those sports that, that drives, you know, um, individual performance and also a team performance as well. I mean, I can't, I'm sure there are other examples, but I mean, sailing for me, certainly the more time I've, I've spent directly in, the, you know, in and around the sport, I get a, a new appreciation for that where, you know, the kids are involved in a team aspect, but then they're also out there by themselves and fending for themselves as well to a certain degree. So it's a, a fairly unique um, circumstance in that regard. And then the second point to that is obviously the importance of coaching. Um, and you mentioned before about the difference that supportive and also challenging coaches can be um, to, to kids uh, growing up through the sport. Oh, I agree. I, I, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, I do think that's neat aspect about, you know, they get to set their own goals in, in a sense and, and strive for where they want to land. And, you know, really our overall objective with this, regardless of whether they're racing or, 
is to make lifelong sailors that enjoy the sport that I think everyone would agree. That's where, that's where we're aiming. And there's many aspects of sailing. When you become an adult, you can, you know, you can do small boat cruising, day sailing, cruising overnight. You can race in your local clubs, but you could also do, you know, racing with, um, you know, organized fleets. You could be on a J24 or you could be on America's cup uh, boat. Um, my kids rub shoulders on a daily basis, which I find is so ironic, you know, in this sport of sailing on a daily basis, they're rubbing shoulders with people that have been to, or are going to the Olympics. So, you know, at any given time, Madeline may be chatting with, you know, uh, athletes on the national team because she's trained with them and, and, uh, you know, it's it, right down to, you know, some of the kids that are out sailing, their parents have been to the Olympics. So it's, it's their coaches have been to the Olympics. Like, it's a really neat environment for the kids. Um, you know, if you're a hockey player, and you got to line up and get uh, Sidney Crosby's autograph when he's in Cole Harbor, it would be just like such an, an amazing day. But every day, these kids are around these role models that have so much to offer and, and really pump them up to, you know, go, go be their best, I believe. So Jane, obviously heavy, heavily involved at the squadron, you know, um, both as you know, obviously the family and, and, and as a parent, the race team, you know, so what led you to, to join the board and take more of a direct role in the organization of the club? Uh, well, I got involved at the, um, on the committee, so the Learn to Sail committee, I was asked, um, and a lot of parents participate on that committee. And I was active on that committee and, uh, you know, and I, you know, helped out with the OPTI National Regatta. I'm also, um, I don't know, I have a, I have, I have three children. My oldest daughter, uh, Anna has special needs and I'm very interested in the Sail Able program and worked as a volunteer on their regattas as well. So I, I just feel like I, it's important to give back. And through that, I guess um, somebody identified that I was, you know, I'm interested in being a volunteer and one thing led to another and um I was asked to head the sail training committee after a few years of being, you know, a volunteer member. And so I took it on. So really it was, it was through, um, I believe the importance of, you know, in order for programs, in order for things at, at clubs to be successful in sport, there has to be, contribution by volunteers and I think that is important and I think um, you know I had some time and ability to to do that so uh, you know one thing one opportunity led to another and I was really you know flattered to be asked to join the ranks of the RNSYS board as vice commander of sale training um, I didn't come with any great you know any great paperwork saying that that you know, that that's something for me. I just have an interest and because my kids were sailing and I guess because I was involved as a volunteer. But I do think it's a really, you know, I it's a really important role. It's an important role that sort of, 
um, you know, you're kind of that go between the public, um, the club membership, I mean, the, the families and the coaches. And, you know, it's really important that we hear the voices and we shape our programs so that they meet the needs of, uh, of our, our membership and of our participants. Couldn't agree more with Jane. I, mean, I think it's an incredibly important um, role and committee and um, department within within the club. I mean, we've had so many people who have been on the program, you know, have talked about their their passage through the sport, you know, into roles of responsibility through Learn to Sail. I mean, countless people were coaches, or you know, Eric, like you mentioned, Erin Norwood. You know, there's key people in the in the club who who come through that program, and it's the nursery of of the future. So I think that the people that come through that program, both in terms of you know, instructors, but also um, participants are the, are the people that will, you know, form strong bonds to the club and come back and, and contribute in later life. So um, uh, I, I think agree. it's incredibly I think, important. You know, like you say, we're, 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 these are our future sailors. These are our future leaders of the club. And uh, why not get behind them and make it a great experience? So that's what, you know, they, they can't stay away from the club when they grow up um, and they come back and they, they continue on the legacy. So I, I think the programs are important. It's, it's also important because it introduces uh, people that may not come from sailing backgrounds to sailing. So a lot of what I've seen mm. in my years and some of the, the friends that Madeline and Elsie have made through the race team have been families that, that don't necessarily sail. Now, some of them have actually become members of the club through their children and have bought boats and have like I can think of you know four or five that that's what has happened as they were introduced to sailing through their children so that's really cool and it also you know you could have a mom or dad looking for a summer camp and and land on our sailing programs because it's outside it's healthy it's you know I can list off so many reasons why you know uh, a camp, a sailing camp is, is just like such a great thing to do in the summer. And then, you know, it tweaks this interest in those children to, to become sailors. So we're not just, you know, um, sailors aren't just having sailors. We're, we're growing the sport across uh, the province and across HRM. And I think that's really cool too, because I think the more people we can get out in boats to experience it, um, the more sailors we'll have in the future. A challenging year this year though, Jane, for obvious sure reasons. <laughs> Where do you want to start? No. <laughs> oh, we, we don't have time to go through that, through that. But I mean, obviously it's important to recognize it's a challenging yeah. year. I mean, yeah. the, a summer as, a summer as we have known it, um, one, you know, isn't going to exist, yeah. but it was. Yeah. I mean, summer. sailing's really lucky because our, our field of play does not involve contact. And at least we hope it doesn't involve contact because usually contact equals dollars um, because somebody's crashed into one of another. So we, we largely, you know, when you're sailing, there's no contact and there's social distancing that's just built in because everyone's in their own little boat and distance from each other. So there's, there's a lovely opportunity to have people um, participate in a sport where it meets those public health guidelines. Um, but it, it's, you know, certain things have changed. The, you know, all of the regattas, the large regattas have been canceled this year. So it changes the way we deliver programs. It, uh, 
you know, we, we have to make it interesting. We still have to, you know, get the kids out to it. We have to be flexible this year a lot more than in the past to allow for things like, you know, um, affordability because of, of the financial impact of COVID. We have to be flexible because of, you know, just interest. Does a kid want to go train five days without a goal of a regatta in St. Margaret's Bay to work towards? Um, we want to, you know, we have to abide by all of the protocols and, and, and the policies in place. And although on the water it's easy, on the shore we really have to work hard to make sure that that's happened. And I, I have to say kudos to you, Scott, and your staff and, and our coaching staff um, have worked so hard to try to meet all those needs this year. It has not been easy. And I have to say, Og, who is the race team coach, uh, head coach, and Sebastian and Curtis, who are our Learn to Sail head instructors, have really put in overtime, making sure and, 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 and developing exciting programs um, at, the, at the club this year. And I think we're rolling out some really exciting stuff. I, I hope, uh, if anyone's listening, that you look at the website and see what we're offering this year, because I think we're really, I think we're, we're, we're doing um, a lot with what we have, um, you know, within those, those guidelines and, and parameters for public health. So Jane, you mentioned that, um, that your children are able to kind of rub shoulders with uh, Olympic and Paralympic athletes, Paul Tingley being one of them and one of our own. Um, he, we had him on the show and, uh, he was great and he was great advocate for sale able, um, which means a lot to many members of the club. What does it mean to you? Well, it's, it's a very important program. I think, um, while it's not run by the club, it's run out of the club and we have a, a, a strong relationship with the sale able community. Um, I, I think it's, uh, I was I was really sad to learn this year that um, they are not going to be able to get individuals out on boats for safety and and health uh, precaution reasons. But I know there is. Uh, I've been in touch with Judy Lugar, and I know there is uh, efforts afoot to get um, the community out and and into boats and 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 on the water. So I think. Um, you know, I think there's uh, we're, there's a lot of talk being how to support that. But I, 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 like I mentioned, my oldest, Anna, has special needs. We went out yesterday in the drizzle in, the, in our little inflatable and, and buzzed around a little bit uh, just to get out on the water. And she had a smile on her face like you would not believe. And um, <clears throat> I, Paul Tingley has been a, a tremendous mentor to um, to my children and uh, he's he's worked with Madeline as she's she's put her you know um, race uh, race training programs together over the years and I you know it's so great to have a role model such as Paul at the club and and I, I'm glad that as a club we support this community and and we give opportunity and and I think we just, I think the word just needs to get out there that this is available and that, and that people should look into it and, and, and get out on the water because it really does put a smile on everyone's face. 
Jane, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today with Scott and I. We, we really want to thank you for taking the time to talk a little bit about your own personal experience and also your involvement with the club and sale training program. For having me come out and, and, uh, and, and chat about uh, my experiences. Um, I just, I'm just really glad to see that, you know, the club's opening up, that we can get back to enjoying sailing. Um, I was a little bit worried back in April that this season wouldn't happen. And, you know, from Scott's hard work and your hard work, Michaela, and everybody at the club, it's, it's happening and it's exciting. And uh, I'll, I can't wait to see everyone on the water. Thanks, Jane. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Michaela. That's our show for today. But before we go, we want to introduce you to next week's guest, the Squadron's own cruise chair, Mr. John Van Skalkvik, also known as John Van S. John joined Scott and I in the hot seat to talk about how he got his start in the sport of sailing, along with his personal connection to the club, and what this year's plan is for the Squadron's summer cruise. Thanks for listening. The Squadron's new Galley to Go menu makes it quick and easy to order takeaway service by call or text. The number to dial or to text is 902-943-7933. Just give your full name, your member number, your order, and the time of pickup. Members are to pick up orders from the Sailor's Bar entrance. Thank you.